Will more than two banks fail? Is it time to buy gold? Recently, the FDIC took over two banks that were in trouble. Now we have reports that an additional 20 regional banks have in excess of $650 billion in bond losses. The Fed admits that their increase in interest rates have done little to bring inflation under control. They may well increase the amount and frequency of interest rates. Isn't it time to consider gold in your portfolio? From January 1st, 2023 to today, the price of gold is up twice as much as the S&P 500. Go to blacksandwhites.us, click on the gold bar, and reach out to Advisors Metals and ask Ira, is gold right for you? Call now. It's important. Welcome back to Black and White. And joining me today is my friend and longtime interviewee on the show, our legal counsel, John O'Connor. Good morning, sir. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm good. I was telling, ladies and gentlemen, I was telling John I had been We've been working out schedule to try and talk over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I had figured out the question I was going to ask John this morning. And as I turn on my email this morning and I see the announcement that Merrick Garland has appointed the Delaware uh, Council as special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden and other issues as necessary. But I'm still going to ask the question, okay? Sure. Because it doesn't have anything specifically to deal with what happened in Delaware. It has everything to deal with our last conversation when you said of all of the cases, now that I'll give you some room, that was at the time we had the call, which was probably three or four weeks ago. You thought that the Mar-a-Lago situation in Miami was the most dangerous to Trump. Yes. And based on the activities that the, the council in Florida has done, there are many legal experts said he destroyed his case. Uh, I don't believe so, but I do think what the prosecutor did here that was might hurt his case, at least the political aspect of this, is that by attaching 32 counts, it's now a 40 count indictment, by attaching 32 counts of this classified document stuff. He's given the defense a recipe for elongating these proceedings, raising all kinds of issues. Uh, and and um, making the government think twice about any one particular classified document as to whether it should go into evidence or not, or how it's to be treated, what other classified documents he gets that might be germane to the case. I just think it's silly. And I'll tell you why, from the prosecutor's point of view, he's got he's got eight good counts here with the new D. Oliveira addition to the complaint. That is to say, the fellow that was importuned to uh, destroy the uh, video surveillance. He never did it, but he was Trump sought to have him do that. He's got a dead bang, solid obstruction case, obstruction of justice. And if he didn't have those 32 counts, he could be trying this case next month. And it would be a really open and shut case, uh, unless you get a juror that wants to nullify the whole proceedings and is very pro-Trump. Those those counts are strong. Now what he's done is with all this stuff, he's given the defense the ability to prolong the proceedings. So that's where he's gone wrong, in my view. Uh, they can explain uh, because it's brought by a special counsel, you have a lot of leeway to use other grand juries outside the uh, the regular grand jury in the venue where you're bringing the claim. Uh, so, and, and it is a novel situation because normally the prosecutor bringing the case is 
impaneled the grand jury in the district he's bringing it, and only that grand jury. I just think, uh, I, 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 I think that's why he's messed up that case. He's given an, the defense that excuse. Jonathan, Jonathan Turley from uh, George Washington University uh, in the law department said when they announced these extra six people, somewhat similar to what you said, he said that the the decision-making process with these extra counts and extra people means that there's a good possibility that there won't, they can't even get to trial before the election. And, yeah. And I, 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 I've been trying to figure it out. So I waited to I talk to you. If, if Donald Trump were to win and be sworn in as president of the United States, can that prosecutor indict him and have a trial while he's a sitting president? I don't think so. I think that uh, that's a real constitutional problem. So I think you'd have to delay the case. Are, are you? T maybe I'm late to the party here, Dan, but have those six co-conspirators actually been indicted? They haven't even been named yet. Well, that, that's what I thought. That, that was my thought, unless I didn't hear it this morning. <clears throat> they haven't been named. You know, I, again, that's a small part of the delay. I mean, obviously, the defense has a right to know who they are. And the press has pretty much figured out at least five out of the six. I don't know that that does that much. It complicates it, that's for sure. But right. each co-conspirators, anything they say can come into evidence if the court finds that they've met their burden of showing prima facie that there's at least some evidence that makes them co-conspirators. If, if, if you have, here's what I would tell your viewers. If you have an ordinary Joe Schmo who's a witness and he makes an out-of-court statement, that can't come in for the truth of the matter asserted. That's hearsay. Right. So, but if you're a co-conspirator and you say, you know, Trump and I talked about this last night and he, he really intends to do X and Y, that statement can come in directly against Trump as a statement of a co-conspirator and it gets around the hearsay rule. So that's the beauty of having six people named. If the judge goes along and says, you've met your burden of showing they are conspirators, now everything can come into evidence. But uh, maybe this is what uh, Professor Turley's talking about, that <laughs> you've got six issues there. You know, they've got to prove that they're conspirators. Uh, and the judge has to make that ruling. She's, she may be She's a pretty straight down the line person. She may throw a monkey wrench into that. Well, there's an, uh, the um, the uh, the Mar-a-Lago uh, judge also ruled or indicated they were going to rule on a motion by prosecution to gag Trump from talking about anything, and she said, "No, you can't do that. This is a this is a presidential campaign, and you cannot gag one candidate over another." uh under the guise of, of this prosecution so she apparently is not going to allow a gag order now she said you can you if there was if they, if both prosecution and defense agree that an item a particular item of evidence is significantly classified then she would grant that that shouldn't be talked about in the public but not the rest of it so it it appears that this this judge in florida who stopped the uh uh the or was it was it Florida where they were pleading the the uh, the Hunter Biden case that fell apart was that Florida or Delaware I can't remember or I thought she was the same judge but maybe I'm no maybe no I'm, no I don't think so I don't think she's the same judge uh, okay. 
she was the one who appointed earlier had appointed a special master for the documents collected pursuant to search warrant and then the appellate court said no she shouldn't have named a special master um and i thought she, i personally thought there was no harm in her appointing a special master it's a matter of discretion and and that's but that's the only thing she's done in the past uh the the the, the left side of the aisle uh is trying to make her out to be a down the line Trumpy. I don't think she is. I think she's pretty much a standard issue, well qualified judge. I might yeah. say, I didn't. Former federal prosecutor. Uh, my daughter's gone up against her. She was a federal defender out there, and think she's a very good prosecutor. And uh, so I think she's a straight arrow. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I think, but I do think that that case that Smith brought to your point and to Professor Turley's point uh, is unnecessarily complex and, and, and large in scope. That's and exactly so, what Turley said. It, 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 it defeated what they were trying to do because they're not going to get in court. That's right. That's right. They've Probably got it for the election. There's so many issues that abound. And, you know, if the judge is going to be a straight arrow about it, she's going to say, yes, you're right. We have to wait and you have to do discovery on this or the government's got to make a decision as to whether it's going to allow this into evidence or that. Uh, it's 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 a mess for the prosecution to do it, whereas you have these obstruction counts that are easy. They, they prove themselves, as I've told people. My dog could get a thumb drive with the <laughs> surveillance, the lawyer's notes, the emails between Trump and this Walt Nauta, he could take the thumb drive, drop it off with the court technician, court technician puts that in, and that's all the dog needs to do, and he's got a conviction. The judge then instructs the jury, that evidence is in, that evidence is self-authenticating, meaning you don't even need a witness to authenticate it, as, you know, it's obvious. So, um, it, you know, and now he's messed it up. Now, let me go, if I can, Dan, sure. in line, let me go to the recent indictment on the January 6th. In my view, he's sort of done the same thing. Uh, it's a 45-page indictment going through seven states, and apparently Smith more or less has taken on the burden of proving that in all seven states, any protest about the legitimacy of the vote are just not, not correct. They're not true and accurate. And he then is gonna show that Trump thought that his allegations were not true and accurate. Um, that's a big burden. You know, do we get into what the issues were in Pennsylvania and in Wisconsin and Arizona? Do we go through that? And what? how long is that case gonna take? And also, I, I haven't even thought about this. What discovery is appropriate for Trump if the allegation is that there's no reason to doubt the results of these elections? Uh, one of the reasons you could not, these 30 cases that have been thrown out by the courts were thrown out, was because judges don't have the resources to relitigate an election. And, and they shouldn't relitigate an election. Elections are supposed to be decided with great safeguards at the polling place. That's why we have the safeguards. They're not mm -hmm. meant to. The only reason Bush v. Gore went to court was because it involved a recount, which is one of the few things the courts can order. And there's even laws saying, oh, if the vote's within so many 
percentile uh, percentiles, you can order a recount. Well, okay, that's a limited judicial remedy, but you can't retry the case. Now what Smith's done is he's put in issue seven separate elections of seven separate states under seven separate sets of rules per the constitution where each state can make its own election rule. Right. And you're gonna, in a way, do a mini trial on each state as to whether or not Biden clearly won and Trump knew he clearly won. Uh, and what does clearly won mean? I mean, it's one thing to say Biden won the vote. I think Trump would concede that he won the actual votes counted, but it would be Trump's position that he felt that some of those votes were fraudulent, might be dead people, might be out of staters, might be wrong signatures, harvested votes by people who didn't really um, vote and so forth and so on. But, but anyway, that's a heck of a burden. Can Trump then go into every uh, complaint in every state as to why it is that he thought that he had won the election? Um, I remember at the time, back when I looked at this stuff very closely, there was something called, uh, uh, it's an anthology and it was called something like election, 2020 election anthology that someone sent me. It takes you days to get through, and I didn't go through the whole thing, of all the different irregularities that were pointed out by different people. Now, some of them, you know, may turn out not to be to be explainable, and many of them were, uh, but they were allegations, and some with evidence, some without evidence, some that sounded true, maybe true, et cetera, et cetera. Are we going to get into this in this? Uh, uh, January 6th case. I think what Smith's done here uh, is not only bad in that regard, but it also chills the rights of anyone who wants to uh, talk about the election problems. He's really, it's really kind of a speech chiller. And he is, in my view, and in the view of half of the country, he's punishing Trump for speech, his yeah. free speech, and his petition for redress of his grievances. He certainly has grievances. He was certainly trying to redress them, uh, and he was using speech to do it. So it all sounds First Amendment. Uh, so you get into these thorny questions. Where do you go beyond free speech to say, well, you can't use free speech to obstruct uh, a proceeding? Yes, that's true. If you're, if, <laughs> but it begs the question, is free speech an obstruction or is free speech something you're privileged to do? Right. And is redressing your grievances? You're not obstructing, are you redressing rather than obstructing? Uh, you know, it's kind of like in any trial, are you obstructionist if you say, I object, Your Honor, I object, Your Honor, even if they're bad objections? No, people can call that obstructing, but really what it is, it's zealous advocacy. Right. Uh, so, there's a fine line here, and I'm not sure that this doesn't go beyond the First Amendment. I think it's a First Amendment issue, but it, but it creates problems. It creates real problems constitutionally. This is something also that's probably, if he gets convicted here, and he could, depending on the judge's instructions as to what obstruction is, then does this go to the Supreme Court? And is this happening during an election? Hmm. 35% of the Republicans have said that they won't vote for Trump 
definitely won't vote for him if he's convicted of a felony. Uh, 20% said maybe they won't vote for him. So this is, this is a big can of worms here, Dan. Uh, yeah, I want to get into that after the break because there's a couple of questions I want to ask you. We're, we're speaking with our, our friend and, and uh, lawyer consultant for the show, John O'Connor. And John, how can people follow you right now? Well, best way is to go into postgatebook.com where my books are and a lot of articles. And I write about these things and, and a lot about the media and how the media uh, frames the issues and oftentimes uh, um, uh, falsely, I might say. Okay, we'll be right back after these messages. Sure. Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066. Welcome back, and we're continuing our legal conversation with John O'Connor, our law expert who's been with us many, many times, probably been on more than anybody else in, on the show, and he's, he's worthwhile. John, uh, you were talking before the break about um, all of the additions that they were doing in some of these cases, which is going to make it longer and longer and longer to have them uh, adjudicated. I asked you during the break, and I'll ask you publicly, do you think it's possible, and I, I know I'm going to sound like I'm biased, but I probably am, do you think that the Democrats are smart enough that the strategy is to bring all these cases with all this nuances that probably most of it won't happen just to distract Trump and to keep him in the limelight as a, as a bad guy and take the, uh, the criticism away from Joe Biden and to affect the voters to vote for Donald, uh, not to vote for Donald Trump, but to vote for Joe Biden. Sure. If you put ethics aside, Dan, it's a brilliant strategy. Well, they did put the ethics aside. It is, and we are putting it, and that's why I say it's a brilliant strategy if you don't c concern yourself with ethics. It does everything. It makes Trump stronger with his base, but not stronger, weaker with the middle of the pack where this election is going to be decided. And uh, it does tie him up. He's using all his money for this. He can't do attack ads if he's spending. He's already spent $40 million on his legal issues, and he's just getting started. Mm-hmm. So almost all of his campaign funds are being used for this. Now he gets so much airtime, you know, maybe it, it you know, works that way in his favor uh, in an odd way. But yes, it's, it's a decided strategy. Um, and it, it's also uh, low-hanging fruit for these local prosecutors. You know, they're going to make their careers. They're big, big... Uh, big heroes now to the Democrats. The prosecutor in New York and this prosecutor in Atlanta will, you know, become famous and, you know, they're heroes to people. So, yeah, um, I, I'm not so sure there was one person who organized the whole thing, but certainly 
everyone knows that get Trump is the thing that that uh, Democrats want to do. Um, and I'm sure there's some back and forth between various people as to what's going on. I'm sure Merrick Garland is tuning into what's happening in Atlanta and so forth and so on. But John, but yeah. let me let me let me uh, let me ask another question. Um, we're we're talking about all these cases, and that if you have no ethics, it's a great strategy to try and try them up. However, uh, you're the lawyer. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even a real attorney. I'm a practicing attorney. I'm practicing at law. The risk. This is my opinion. The risk that the Biden people are taking is that more and more evidence continues to come out of bribery and corruption upon Joe and his son and other family members. We had the bombshell this week of $20 million in the bank accounts. There are people now saying it could be as much as $50 million. How does a sitting president, and I think that we may be close to the mainstream media turning. If the mainstream media starts believing what's coming out of the House committees, and we see more and more people questioning the ethics and the morality of our president and his ability to be corrupt and take money and, and money laundering and 12 or 15 or 25 different corporations to, to launder the money. Um, I don't think all the attention in the world that they want to place on Trump will offset a possible impeachment. And if and if there's a possible impeachment on the charges that I think that they should be, I think Joe Biden will resign. I don't think he'll want to go to trial because I think he could be the first president to lose. Well, I'll tell you this. Here's my opinion. I don't think I think it will be a cold day on hell if the Senate, the Democrats vote to convict him on any impeachment. And I don't think there's an appetite on behalf of the Democrats to actually impeach him. And I think McCarthy's strategy, it's very close to the election. If they did want to impeach him, they wouldn't get to the impeachment trial until this coming election. Uh, it, 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 and it would make Biden sort of a victim and, and so forth. The impeachment would look political. The Democrats would make it look that way. Now, that said, I don't think the Democrats want Biden to run. They want him to get out of there. And so what is happening now with all this mounting evidence, I don't think Biden's going to resign. I think he'll make it through his term. But I do think if I were a betting man, I would bet on Gavin Newsom being the nominee. And furthermore, given all the troubles that Trump has, um, I think it makes Gavin Newsom, if I'm sitting here now, I say he's the favorite to be our next president. Wow. Uh, I don't say that uh, with great relish and glee. <laughs> uh, I, I, know, I know the in-laws who are very wonderful people and <laughs> his father-in-law is a, is a Republican uh, and a great guy and so forth. Uh, and, and, and Newsom himself is a fine fellow, but um, uh, his politics are obviously not mine. Uh, but I think he's the guy that's most likely to be our next president because Trump is just getting the bejesus 
uh, whipped out of him with these uh, things. He has to devote his attention to all these lawsuits. He, it keeps him from campaigning. And to the middle of the electorate, I think he's probably not doing well. Uh, so, uh, and if he's not beating Biden by any more than a point, which may show up on some polls, he's dead heat on others. That's not a very good showing for against a president that's been so performing so poorly. So uh, I, th I think all of this will end up redounding to Gavin Newsom's favor. And so if I were the, the re Republican, I don't know what you want to call them uh, it, 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 in their strategy meetings, I would say, let's keep things just as they are. Let's do an impeachment inquiry. Let's get into this drip, drip, drip of revelation against Biden. But let's hope he runs. The best, the only chance Trump, and Trump's going to be nominated, it looks like. So the only chance the Republicans have is if Biden stays on. Uh, the only chance that Biden has of winning is if Trump stays on. Uh, so, and now with this drip, drip, drip of revelations about um, Biden, which may end up exploding soon, as you point out, now we have this no labels issue. And so there could be a serious no labels candidate, somebody like Joe Manchin, maybe RFK Jr. Um, this is uh, John. This there's, is a, there's a there's there's you you have a unique position in in what I want to uh, where I want to take you. Um, the the people who keep track of time days was that it was two years from the Watergate break-in until the resignation of Richard Nixon. Right. And um, it was the minority party, the Republican party, the Republican Senate, who went to Nixon and said, in essence, I don't think you can win this vote. And it's for the good of the country, you need to resign. Right. I, think, I think we could be in a situation. And the reason why I'm saying that is that I see stories every day of Democrats who are leaving the Democratic Party and either going to the Republican Party or becoming independent because they don't like the smell of what's going on in the Democratic Party. And they see that their chances of being reelected could be diminished dramatically if they continued with the Democratic Party. All I'm saying is that all of this court menagerie that's going on could easily be dwarfed by a situation. And you said earlier in the program, and I'm not criticizing you for saying it, that you don't think there's an, there are Democrats in the Senate who would support the impeachment of Joe Biden. And I'm saying you might be right, but if in fact we're showing that the managers can show that he had his hand in the till as vice president and president. I don't think that the American people, given the choice, remember when Nixon said he's not a crook? Yeah, Joe, I, Biden, Joe Biden is proving himself to be a crook. And I don't think that people want a crook as their president. Well, the distinction is most people don't understand evidence. I think the evidence is very strong against Joe Biden. You put two and two and two together, and it's a very strong case. But <clears throat> The Democrats say, and the commentators say, oh, there's, quote, no evidence, unquote, against Joe Biden. 
I think unless you actually have a video of him putting his hand in the till, they will keep saying that. Mm. And there will never be any evidence of this qu direct evidence of quid pro quo. You're not going to find a witness that says, oh, yes, I was there and he promised me that if I paid him $5 million, I'd fire the prosecutor. You're never going to get that evidence. So I don't think there's the Democrats will be put in the position uh, as was the same with Richard Nixon. Remember, they forced Richard Nixon to resign only after the White House tapes, the second batch of White House tapes came out. And on one of the tapes, he was clearly recorded as obstructing justice to, to, to falsely tell the FBI uh, to call him off the Mexican money trail for fear of uh, interfering with the CIA operation, which Nixon on tape admits was not true. So that's the situation that you're never going to find again, where somebody is actually has gone ahead and constructed evidence against himself. Uh, you're not going to find this here. So I think right now, if, if the Democrats are and the Democratic commentators are still holding firm on Biden, it's going to stay that way. Now, it's disturbing. I think most people around the country, the more this that comes out are going to say, you know, this looks pretty dirty. He looks dirty, even if it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. As lawyers say, it's by a preponderance of the evidence. It's more likely than not that he's a crook. It still hurts Biden. But so, <clears throat> but you're right, though, in this sense, Dan, you are right that all of this that is going on may end up pushing Biden to not run, to withdraw his candidacy. And that's something that right now there are an awful lot of Democrats have been talking about. They don't know what to do here. It's like a lot of Republicans talk about how, how can we get rid of Trump and they can't do it. I mean, there are just a ton of those conversations and everybody's pretty much exhausted uh, with the process. So I think both parties have the same issue. How do we get rid of our front runner and have someone else that's stronger in the general take his place? Hmm. Uh, so like Keeps so going. You, did you see you. the did you see the issue this week where the Judiciary Committee is going to subpoena Hunter and Joe? Well, I I, I just knew they were talking about it. Um, but I, if I were Joe Biden, I'd say anything that you're going to ask me, I'm a I, I I'm not going to. This is a separation of powers issue. Now, uh, so I'm not going to show up, and he's probably right on that. He probably has a way of keeping from being investigated. Uh, remember, um, you had to have a big showing to get any discovery from Richard Nixon to get his tapes, um, and they still didn't make Nixon testify. They didn't make Trump testify in the um, in the RussiaGate investigation. Now, Hunter Biden's got a Fifth Amendment right. Uh, now, now we've appointed the special counsel, uh, who's now David Weiss is now the special counsel. But <laughs> some of the easy picking charges have already the statute of limitations already uh, has already run. So other than maybe a FARA violation, a Foreign Agent Registration Act violation, I don't know that there's much alive against Hunter Biden for David Weiss to go after. I think it probably is going to be another year of supposedly investigating. And whether he comes up with something or comes up dry, 
I don't know, uh, but it's a move designed to make to take the heat off of Merrick Garland because Merrick Garland realizes that he was probably uh, dead wrong. Not probably he was dead wrong not to appoint a special counsel sooner. So that takes the heat off of Garland, who could have been impeached. Right. Well, unfortunately, John, we run out of time. As always, it's been a informative and educational. And thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Did I notice you have a U.S. Open golf shirt on? Yeah. <laughs> did you Did you happen to watch any of Brian DeChambeau's fifty eight last Sunday? I did not. I wish I would have. That and that was a bogey on with a bogey on his card. He had a fifty eight. Isn't that amazing? Isn't Unbelievable. That amazing? Unbelievable. Yeah. John, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Dan, great talking to you again. You bet. Take care. And we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us today. And we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com. That's bwradionetwork.com. And give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.